You are listening to Alter Echo, a scripture and message podcast with pastors Andy Smith and Kim Kylo of St. John's Lutheran Church, ELCA, Lakeville, Minnesota. Thanks for joining us and worshiping with us. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Alter Echo. This is for the weekend of November 14th, 2021. I'm sitting here in my home today on a gray, cool, chilly November fall day, yet it is just beautiful. It's a good time of the year. The gales of November have already been blowing a little bit. Leaves have been uh, disappearing from trees, and people have been doing their yard work, hoping to get that all done before the snow flies in this neck of the woods and uh, winter settles in for its time. So it's good to be with you. Welcome back to Alter Echo. I'm glad that we are able to use this time as either devotional time, time for us to recenter ourselves and and ponder God's word and God's grace to us, or to use this as worship time. And I I hope you do, and I know some of you do, uh, use this as a time for your worship when you're gone, when you can't be at church. We always hope that we see you at church when you're here. But if you're off at a hockey tournament or on vacation or if you're in the car traveling or if you download this and you're on the plane somewhere for work, we hope that this can be a worshipful time for you as well. So thank you. We're in our stewardship emphasis season at church, and I do encourage you to give as well. To be givers is what God intends us to be, to have open hearts that are generous and that share. And so I encourage you to um, to ponder your own generosity and stewardship, the stewardship not just of your finances, of course, but of your whole life, how you give yourself to the world. But uh, for our church to to continue to be uh, a thriving community of faith, we all share and join in in our giving. So thank you for that. You can go to our website, www.sjlcl.org. And in the upper right-hand corner of the web page, the home page, you'll see a button that is called Donate. And there you can give an offering. So for all of us, God's people, thank you for being generous that way. Today, we are in chapter 10 of Brian McLaren's book, We Make the Road by Walking. The chapter is entitled, Getting Slavery Out of the People. (laughs) And I will explain that a little bit today, but it's from Exodus chapter 20. So I'm going to have you turn in your Bibles, if you have that with you, to Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 21. If you don't have your Bible with you, just listen. You can always look it up later on too online. So here is what it says. Then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above, or that is on the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God punishing children of for the iniquity of parents to the third and the fourth generation of those who reject me, but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day. And keep it holy. 
Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work. You, your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock, or the alien resident even in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. Honor your father and your mother, so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or male or female slave or ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. When all the people witnessed the thunder and lightning, the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, they were afraid and trembled and stood at a distance and said to Moses, you speak to us and we will listen. But do not let God speak to us or we will die. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. For God has come only to test you and to put the fear of him upon you so that you do not sin. Then the people stood at a distance while Moses drew near to the thick darkness where God was. Dear friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It's an ominous ending to the Ten Commandments portion of of, uh, uh, Exodus chapter 20. And you know the story behind that. Israel feared that if it were too close to God, or if God spoke to people directly, or if they saw the face of God, they would actually burn up. They would be incinerated. And it had to do with the awesomeness of God, that God the Creator was so big, so powerful, that to to be in his presence, to be in God's presence was too much. So that's where that comes from. Don't be afraid of those words about being tested. God wants the best for us. God wants us, as it says in Exodus 20, to not sin. So here we have the law today. You learn these commandments in Sunday school or maybe in confirmation, either one. We memorized them when we were kids. Of course, they're right and good. They're from God. So this is the law. This is the Torah, which means the instruction in the Bible. And for us to get instruction from God is a good thing. We are students. God is the teacher, the mensch, the instructor. Here's where I want to go with this today. I am going to read to you in just a little bit uh, Brian McLaren's uh, version of these Ten Commandments. And I use the word version carefully because they are the Ten Commandments. He's trying to explain them to us in, in our terms, in our words. But let me tell you this story first. This is about rules. And rules um, today are in a different place. <laughs> there are a lot of people who don't want to follow any rules right now. It's a strange situation. A lot of people who want to flout the rules very publicly and openly to show that they are independent and free and can do whatever they want. Curiously, my wife who owns a business, hired a high school girl this year who she came to find out has a dad who told this high school girl, this daughter of his, that he wanted her to challenge every 
adult authority. <laughs> and we just laughed about this, partly because it was incredibly annoying that this young girl wouldn't follow any rules. But we wondered about the uh, wisdom of the dad, who is an adult authority <laughs> to his daughter. Oh, my goodness. We're in a different time with rules. What do you do with the rules, the commands of God? Are they any good? Are they optional? Of course, we can always choose to reject them. And God even acknowledges that in the Exodus passage. We can always reject them. Things may not go very well for us. Not that God will do something to us that's sinister, but that God's rules are perfect. The law, God's law, is perfect. And, and God even says that his law is the law of liberty. It's of all that that frees us, actually, and puts us in the right place, the best place we can possibly be. So when we don't follow God's law, it probably is the case that things don't go too well for us. So I want you to listen today to Brian McLaren's explanation of the Ten Commandments. If you have the book, it's on pages 42 and 43. But here's what he says. He says, so along with bread for their bodies, God gave the travelers inner nourishment in the form of Ten Commands that would become the moral basis for their lives in freedom. Remember that God reminded the people right off the bat that God brought them out of the house of slavery. He brought them out of oppression, out of all that presses us down, wants to be master over us. And these commands come in the context of being brought out of slavery so that we can be in the light of freedom. They form the moral basis for our lives and freedom. Number one, put the God of liberation first not the gods of slavery. Number two, don't reduce God to the manageable size of an idol, certainly not one made of wood and stone by human hands, and not one made by human minds of rituals and words either, and certainly not one in whose name people are enslaved, dehumanized, or killed. Number three, do not use God for your own agendas by throwing around God's holy name. If you make a vow in God's name, keep it. Number four, honor the God of liberation by taking and giving everyone a day off. Don't keep the old 24-7 slave economy going. How do you feel about that one? Does that not feel as liberating as anything? It's time for us to sit back, to be renewed to not keep on grinding our fingers and knuckles to the bone. Number five, turn from self-centeredness by honoring your parents. After all, honor is the basis of freedom. And then here's where it gets really interesting, and here's where I want to go with the last few minutes of this message today. Don't, number six, don't kill people and don't do the things that frequently incite violence, including don't cheat with others' spouses, don't steal others' possessions, and don't lie about others' behaviors or characters. In fact, if you really want to avoid the violence of the old slave economy, Deal with its root source in the drama of desire. 
don't let the competitive desire to acquire tempt you off the road of freedom. It's that phrase, don't do the things that frequently incite violence. Hmm. This is where I want to go today. McLaren perhaps peels back a layer and gets a little closer to God's heart by understanding that these commandments are rules, guidelines, a structure, a template, a paradigm, not just of the kingdom of God, of course, God's reign among us, but they are all those things for the best way our lives can and should be lived. They're all about relationships. They're all about our relationships with God and especially our relationships with others. And he goes to violence, inciting violence, doing things that make people lash out and lash back. He goes to that as an emblem of what makes for the worst in this life. Think about that right now. We are living in a time of zero sum. In other words, if you watch TV, there's always a winner or a loser. The news even casts it that way, that somebody has to win and somebody has to lose. There's no middle ground. There's no time to just be with each other. It's what sells, of course. But violence does things to us that maybe are irreparable. Think about violence coming to people, what they see, what they feel, and what they experience. Think about flashbacks even that happen when such violence moves into people's minds and they can't get it out of their minds. It so damages their minds and souls that they, they can't get rid of it. They can't get away from it. We underestimate the power of our actions, particularly when we don't think about them. And we underestimate the power of our words with others, particularly when we don't think about them. The damage that they can do, the way that they can hurt people's souls and change the course of other people's lives as well. God talks about this in the New Testament, you know. The Apostle Paul in Galatians talks about the fruits of the Spirit, but also the curses that we bring about on our own. I want you to hear them. They're in chapter 5 of Galatians. Paul is talking to the people and he says, live by the spirit, I say, and do not gratify the desires of the flesh. For what the flesh desires is opposed to the spirit and what the spirit desires is opposed to the flesh. For though, for these are opposed to each other to prevent you from doing what you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not subject to the law. Well, the law is freedom, of course, and that's what he's talking about. The good things we don't have to worry about being subject to because God wants us to do those things. Now, the works of the flesh, Paul says, are obvious. Fornication, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, listen to the violence, jealousy, anger, quarrels, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. I am warning you, he says, as I warned you before, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Well, when we do those sorts of things, when we perpetrate violence, when we don't care about others perpetrating violence, we aren't letting the kingdom of God in. And then he says, by contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, 
peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I want you to think today about where in our lives the fruits of the Spirit are taught. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Peace. Where is peace taught? At church. Love and joy, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, peace. Those are taught at church. We can get lots of things that the church offers to us, community, friendship, all those things in all kinds of other places, but there aren't very many places, maybe none, that teach peace and generosity and faithfulness and gentleness. If you have kids, your kids go to Sunday school at St. John's or somewhere else, and they're taught peace, hopefully. It's from the Bible. In Isaiah, God talks through the prophet Isaiah about teaching war no more, but rather beating swords into plowshares. Peace. Peace is the opposite of violence. Peace stands up against violence. Peace doesn't want people's minds and souls to be damaged by the violence that others might inflict on them. Peace seeks people to stop short and, and listen and think before they do and act and say. Everyone, we're in our stewardship time right now. Would you not want to be generous, be joyfully generous about a place like our church, your church, that teaches peace, that pushes back against violence, that teaches that there is a law from God, but it's a law of liberty, a freedom of doing the good things, the fruits of the Spirit in this life, helping them multiply in the world by planting seeds in everything we do in our. Do you not think that church is as valuable a place as any to be a giver, to be a steward, to be generous and joyfully so? I think so. So everyone, thank you for continuing to give, for continuing to be the community of faith here at St. John's, but also wherever you are a, a member of a, of a church community. Thank you for supporting it joyfully, happily, generously. Thank you for being part of the solution of being peace for our world and bringing peace to those places where there isn't peace so that people can be healed and know the love of God. Blessings to you on your week and on this Lord's Day. I will look forward to seeing you on the podcast, Alter Echo, again. God loves you. Amen. And now God's word is alive in us again anew. And we get the blessing of being called to let it echo through us out into the world in which we live. Everyone, if you wish to give your offering now to support things like this podcast and the work and ministry of St. John's Church in Lakeville, Minnesota, I invite you to do that. Please go to our website at sjlcl.org. I'll repeat it, sjlcl.org. 
and up in the right hand corner you'll see a little button named donate hit that button and you can give your offering to god and for the work of god in the world through this church in lakeville minnesota thank you in advance for the gifts and the offerings that you give And now as we go on our way, we are sent with the blessing of peace, the benediction. Dear friends, may the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face and the rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, till we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. God loves you, everyone. God be with you until next week.